The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's baseball betting podcast, getting set for the 2023 MLB season, you're tuned into your NL Central Division preview. Brendan Glasheen, BJ Cunningham, Charlie DeSterco, your trio for this particular episode. You can find the rest of our division previews on the Payoff Pitch podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, we have uh, all six divisions, extensive previews coming out. You can find our Payoff Pitch podcast account on the Action Network app by simply searching Payoff Pitch podcast. More to come as far as what our plans are for the regular season once it starts in a couple weeks. And again, I strongly encourage, if you haven't done so already, our first episode of the pod for the 2023 season is available. Off-season betting update, Zerillo, Whitchurch, available now, as well as the previews. But it's a good jumping-off episode to kind of sink your teeth into the season, rule changes, etc. Okay, gents, NL Central. The St. Louis Cardinals are the favorite to win this division. They overachieved last year, right? They were projected 84 and a half wins. They won 93 games. BetMGM, our presenting sponsor, has them at 89 and a half wins right now. And they are minus 125 to come out of the Central in the National League. BJ, we'll start with you. Adam Wainwright's their opening day starter. They've got Jack Flaherty. They've got... Their, their pitching's not very good. It's just their, their starting rotation <laughs> has a ton of question marks. Now, if it all goes well, Steven Matz is the other uh, pitcher that we have to mention, too, in terms of the the injury guy that could be good if he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Where where are you at with the Cardinals? Should, yeah, should you mean, bet the Cardinals out to win the division or wait? No, uh, no, I don't think there's really much much value in them to win the division. I mean, Fangraphs has them at around 56%, and they're sitting at minus 115. So, I mean, I guess you could say there's a couple percent of value there. But 
Like I have major question marks with the starting rotation. So if Adam Wainwright, who's now 42 years old, not the fact that he's 42 years old, he's just going to go up there and keep throwing curveball after curveball. I mean, last season he was a, a four and a half XDRA pitcher. His K per nine rate was under seven for the first time in his career. Like, yeah, you're going to regress when you get to 42 years old, even though you're just <laughs> throwing curveballs. Then you look at Miles Mikolas, who drastically overperformed last season. He had next year around four. Uh, you know, Jordan, Jordan Montgomery, I I view him as like the most perfectly average major league baseball pitcher. Like he's like, he's good, but also he's not elite. So yeah, he's a perfectly fine number three starter. And Jack Flaherty, like, yeah, he, he came on really strong when he was, you know, very young, you know, he was a three, three XERA pitcher, but he hasn't pitched a full season and in three, three seasons now. And if you look through all of his numbers, it's been pretty bad, actually. Like 2020 in next area of five. 2021, it's 4.8. And then last year, he only pitched 36 innings and his X area is 4.9. So that trend is showing me that, like, yeah, he's projected to be their number four starter, and he probably should be number four, considering how badly he's pitched over the last three seasons. So you take all of that in and you're like, okay, this starting rotation is not going to be good. So now this offense is going to have to make up for that. Or the bullpen's going to have to be really good and really deep to make up for the starting pitching. Hazley and Gallegos are two top 30 relievers. They're very, very good. But if you look beyond that, I mean, they don't have a starting reliever that's power ranked inside the top 50 on fan graphs. Palante is going to be number three. We've seen what he's like as a starter. He drastically overperformed. Jordan Hicks can throw 106 miles an hour, but he can't control anything. So now you're looking at a situation where like you don't have a deep bullpen. You don't have a great starting rotation. So now you got to be this elite offense that can make up for that type of production. Goldschmidt and Arenado are two top 10 hitters in Major League Baseball. They are awesome. But beyond that, I mean, who's the third best hitter in this lineup? Is it Tommy Edmond? Because he was only a 310x weighted on base average hitter last season. Obviously, they signed Wilson Contreras, who's on a complete heel turn, which is hilarious to see. But he, even his offensive numbers, he was a 350x weighted on base average. So it's not like he was a completely elite hitter who's going to suddenly turn this lineup over. So I have major question marks with the Cardinals where they're in a weak division. So yeah, they're probably the deserving favorite because they have the best lineup. And a lot of the other teams in this division, their lineups and starting rotations have a lot of question marks, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm looking forward to betting against the Cardinals on a day-to-day basis, especially mm-hmm. these starting pitchers who are going to be very overvalued, but in terms of their division, no, I don't see any value on betting the Cardinals to win this division or really to bet their win total at all. I mean, their composite win total, I think is sitting around 87 and a half, 88, somewhere in there. So there's really no value in taking any preseason futures on the Cardinals. I'm just really looking forward to betting against them on a day-to-day basis. To read from Sean Zarillo, Charlie, we've lost the Cardinals. This is just Zarillo. We've lost the Cardinals win total unders the past two seasons are now, and we are now betting on them to win the division. That's never fun. I, I just, I just don't know where, like, I, I, like, I, I, like I don't I, I going against Sean too on this one where he's betting them to win the division. I I, I agree with BJ. I, there's so many question marks within this team. Like Flaherty's not the same pitcher he was. He had like a nearly a near five XERA last year. His barrel rates are up, uh, or he showed up his barrel rates, but his walks went up. Jordan Montgomery, I like him very solid in St. Louis, but like yeah, you know he's not anything special. And Adam Wainwright is the biggest luck box that's ever been. A 270 expected batting average doesn't generate whiffs. I'm going to be betting first five team total overs against him probably every single start for the rest of the entire season. 
I agree with BJ. I'm going to be fading this rotation and this team a lot throughout the season. I call them the voodoo Cardinals because somehow they always ended up winning, whether it was their offense or not. But this rotation's not good. We saw the bullpen completely break down against the Phillies in the playoffs because they're so top heavy that if one pitcher goes wrong or one pitcher gets injured, they're completely lost. Uh, the, 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 the offense is good. I think they're a little bit better than what BJ's making them out to be especially if Jordan Walker makes the opening day roster, which I don't know if it will. Marmol seems pretty hesitant on saying that he will and maybe start in the minors, but I'll be looking to play him to win rookie of the year when he does get called up. Uh, that's the only positive thing I'll say about this Cardinals team. He had a 19 home runs and 22 stolen bases and a 300 average in 119 games last year. So Walker has a 2020 guy. If he gets called up in that April, May, I would bet him down to probably 700, 750. I think that he's going to get the volume of at-bats and he's going to really star and grow in a role uh, in this offense that's you know so heavily in the middle with Goldschmidt, Arenado, Contreras, he's going to get pitched to. And I think he's going to thrive and he's got that 2020 speed and power that uh, I think he's pretty undervalued here if he's given, you know, if he's called up in this April to May rate. But yeah, I'm fading the Cardinals heavy. Well, why? Why? I'm just looking at odds here for home run leaders, RBI leaders. Is it just me, or does it feel like the market's low on Goldschmidt to have a big year like he had last year? It is a tad, but like he's also okay. getting up there. She's like 32, and generally your production goes down from a year in year out basis. And you know, 32. That 32 is your prime. That's yeah, a I prime mean, year as a hitter. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but you know, his composite projection is around 29, uh, 29.9, around 30, somewhere in there. So he's probably you know, in that 14 to 15 range. And essentially what you're asking to do is just complete, completely repeat the production that he had last season and maybe even overperform to lead the major league in home runs. So I think his odds for there are are kind of fair. Um, But yeah, no, he generally is one of the more underrated hitters in major league baseball. Okay. He's also, you're also backing on him to stay healthy, which he has proven the ability to, but that it's, you always have to take into account health considerations. If he misses a couple of weeks, all of a sudden that 30 could get wishy-washy it's just one of those things that you know it's probably around that right mark like if he stays a full healthy and plays 150 160 games he'll probably go over but you know it's probably around that right number yeah he's plus 1800 to lead lead the league lead baseball and hitting in hits um so that that shows some respect for goldschmidt just curious he was a big talk he was a guy all year we talked about mvp discussion right last year um, all right, let's go to the Brewers. It's a lot of Cardinals talk to open up this particular episode. <laughs> Brewers priced it plus 160 on BetMGM to win the division. Win total set at 85 and a half. They won 86 games last year. They were the projected division winner last season, BJ, at 90 and a half wins. I think you've got some, based on your lack of confidence in the Cardinals, you do like this Brewers team to make a run down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, you can find, you can find them at plus money to make the playoffs, which I think is fantastic value for this Brewers team. I mean, listen, the lineup is going to be perfectly average. I think you have, you know, three top 100, 100 hitters in Yelich, Tellez and Adames. Tellez is somebody I actually really like to, uh, to lead the major league baseball in home runs. He's 55 to one to do so. He had 35 last year. His composite projection is 30 on fan graphs. Uh, and that's only projected for 138 games, which he played 153 last year. He's, you know, a huge left-handed bat. Milwaukee's park factor is eighth best in major league baseball for 
for left-handed hitters. He's top 2% Major League Baseball in max exit velocity. And he's 14th in barrels per plate appearance percentage. So he's a very, very good power hitter. But And he's, you know, if you look at the odds board, he's 15, He's projected for the like 15th to lead uh, MLB in home runs, but he's 25th on the odds board. So I love his value. But him along with Yelich and uh, and the Dames gives – uh, the Brewers, a, you know, a decent lineup, but really what I love about this Milwaukee team is their starting rotation, which is still really, really good. I mean, Corbin Burns and uh, Woodruff are two top 20 pitchers in major league baseball. Uh, even you look at uh, Peralta. I mean, last two seasons, he's been under a two seven XERA. Like he has nasty stuff. He's been, he was better than both Burns and Woodruff last season. Eric Lauer has proved himself to be a perfectly average and capable starting pitcher. And Wade Miley, well, it's your fifth starting pitcher. So maybe you're not going to want <laughs> him, but the bullpen is still quite good. I mean, Devin Williams is, is an unbelievable closer. He was, you know, he's a top five closer in major league baseball. They added Matt Bush, Hobie Milner, still a top 100 reliever. So you're getting a Milwaukee team that was top five last season and next fifth, top seven in what uh, strikeout to walk ratio. I think this is still a really good team playing in a weak division. They're 57.4% to make the playoffs on fan graphs. So at plus 110, I think there's tremendous value. Uh, really what you're going to need though, is you're going to need the NL East to eat itself alive. One of those NL East teams, one of the three NL East teams. And then obviously you assume the Dodgers and the Padres are going to make the playoffs. So they either have to beat the Cardinals to, to obviously win this division um, but again, the NL East is very stacked with the Marlins getting better. So uh, I think this is a good, good chance to, to, to pack the Brewers to make the playoffs. I think there's some tremendous value in there on them. Milwaukee at plus 110 to make the playoffs. And that is one of BJ's favorite bets in this division. Charlie, where do you sit with the Brewers? There's more confidence in their pitching than the Cardinals, but offensively, they're a middler. Right. The offense, there's a lot to be had and, and you're relying on some of these guys like Yelich to kind of find his groove again, which I, it's it's hard. But the Brewers, you know, they were busy this offseason. They added to their offense, which was their biggest weak point last year. William Contreras, Brian Anderson, Jesse Winker, Tyler Naquin all coming over to Milwaukee. Uh, you'd expect a better season out of Winker after last season. And like BJ said, the left-handed hitting is also a positive in, in Milwaukee. And, and and I agree with BJ. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff are Cy Young caliber pitchers. Freddie Peralta, he underperformed by a ton, almost a whole run expected ERA as for, compared to his actual ERA less. I love Peralta. You know, this is a scary rotation. I think that I'm not really taking a side or uh, a future here. I do lean that the Brewers win the NL Central, mostly because I think there's so many more question marks when it comes to St. Louis and their season outlook and how their rotation is going to hold up. I have questions about the Brewers offense, but I think they're a team that maybe when you, when we talk again around that all-star breaker mid season, they'll probably be within a couple games or maybe a couple games ahead of St. Louis. And maybe that's when you take a stab at them to make the playoffs or win the division, because you know, Burns and Woodruff are expiring contracts at the end of not this season next. So if they're down by a lot, do they sell? And then that really just ruins a lot versus the second half comeback. Who knows? I know our colleague Sean Zarello seems pretty adamant that one of them will be moved, if not both. I'm more of the optimistic side that the Brewers are going to be competitive and buyers at the deadline, or at least, you know, stay put and, and keep course because I think the Cardinals are going to underperform. So I, I, I agree with BJ. I think that if you're going to attack it, I might go the NL Central route as opposed to 
the uh, making the playoffs. I'm a bit hesitant. And, you know, the NL East is going to probably cannibalize itself. But there are so four of those teams, I think, could win 80 games, 85 games. So we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic on the Brewers. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Only must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. How about the Chicago Cubs? This could be a fun team. They're active in the offseason. Swanson, Bellinger, Suzuki in the lineup as well. Now, they might be a couple years away because of the Cardinals and the Brewers, and they're just consistently better, and the Cubs are in still a rebuilding phase. But uh, looking at their win total, 77.5 at BetMGM for this coming season, last year they were projected just shy of that, 75.5. They won 74 games. They, if I remember correctly, they took uh, they traded a lot of their bullpen arms away, right, because mm-hmm. they were out of contention, so... They, I, I don't forget because I was at Wrigley last summer for a few games, and I'm like, wait a minute, you gotta, you gotta handicap this team a little bit differently because their their bullpen's not as good. So beware of getting your heart broken late in the game, and that's what happened on that very nice summer night, my first time to Wrigley Field. Anywho, Cubs at plus six hundred to win the NL Central. Uh, we'll start with the lineup. You guys have any interest in this team? Maybe considering some some win to, uh not win. Maybe well, we're talking futures, of course, the whole season. But is this a team, Charlie? When you look at them during the season, do you see some upside and some overs on the Cubs? Are you bought into what they did with their lineup in the offseason? I think that they're probably more of a first five play uh, when it comes to obviously you mentioned the bullpen and the lack of depth in the bullpen and how bad it might be. They're 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 starting rotation. They have. Young arms with a lot of upside, Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, Adrian Sampson, all pitchers that, you know, last year I was pretty much a fan of grabbing them in that mid 100 plus money territory. I I, listen, their offense. I think that they're it's, it's, it's good. It's not great. It's not horrible. It's a little bit underwhelming. Their signings. I wasn't in love with. I don't love Bellinger. I don't love Hosmer. Mancini solid. Barnard solid. Swanson's. Played played his best season last year. Will he be able to do that again? I don't know. He wasn't able to in the beginning 
few seasons in Atlanta. And then in that stacked offense, you know, you're going to get thrown to, and he had a great season, but I'm very concerned with this team just from, uh, especially early on in the point because Seiya Suzuki is hurt and he's yep. likely to miss opening day. He withdrew from the, the world baseball classic. So, you know, this could have been a sleeper play to maybe win the central or at least make the playoffs. If Suzuki's in the lineup, he's fully healthy. And I knew that entering opening day, but I'm just concerned about the bullpen, the back end of the rotation, you know, you're putting a lot of faith in these offseason signings that I'm not super high on, but I do think that this team's the first five team throughout the season. I think that they're going to be a live underdog at times. And given how bad I think the Cardinals are going to be and the Brewers offense that probably will be a bit underwhelming. And then the Pirates and the Reds are a whole nother story. The Cubs are going to have some value to bet game to game throughout the season. BJ, what's your feeling on the Cubs? You know, I think with this lineup, I think the perfect statement on it is, is this lineup would be unbelievable in 2020 or 2021. Yeah, it's true. Now it's, names, now right? it's just, now it's, you look at Bellinger, what he's done the last two seasons. I mean, he's been, he's been under 280 X weighted on base average. Like he has completely fallen off from where he was, where he was almost an MVP candidate around 2020 and 2019. Right. Hosmer is obviously on the back of his career. He's getting up there in age 34. Uh, Mancini fell off a little bit from, uh, you know, what he did in 2019 and 2021. Danzy Swanson is obviously very good, but, you know, the rotation, I mean, you look at it, I see just five perfectly average starting pitchers. You know, Drew Smiley is, ugh, if he's going to be in there the whole time, I'm not sure that's going to go <laughs> well. Uh, but, you know, Justin Steele, Adrian Sampson, Tayon Stroman, they're all just, you know, they're all just perfectly average. There's nothing really exciting about them. There's nothing I really hate that much about them. The bullpen, I think, is going to be better than it was in that back end of uh, last season. They got Hughes, Fulmer, and Boxberger, who are all top 100 relievers. After that, it gets a little bit dicey. You know, Alizé and Wick are perfectly capable relievers, but the depth there uh, is going to be a concern for the Cubs. But from a projection standpoint, like, they're six to one to win this division. Fangraphs has them at 4%. So there's no value there to bet them win the division. Their composite win total is sitting at 76.1. So yep. there's no value really in taking it under or anything like that. But like, yeah, like I would love to watch this team in 2020 or 2021. But outside of that, like, you know, they're just a team that's with a bunch of guys that are kind of uh, at the back ends or, or past what their, their prime was. Uh. Fangraphs has them at 75 wins. Pakoda, 75.7. Keegan Thompson's going to start the year in the rotation, right? Is Or is he hurt? He's, he's good to go, right? I'm just looking at their projected rotation. I'm not, saying, I'm not sure why I'm not seeing his name. Uh, I think it just depends on their veteran, like uh, how their veteran arms go. He did make his spring training debut a couple days ago. So you would ago. be assuming oh, that he... Forget, we forget either, about Kyle Hendricks too. Right. You, you would assume that he makes his, uh, you know, either starts out in the bullpen or uh, makes his way into that starting rotation. I mean, Drew Smiley is not lasting in that rotation. Yeah, boo, uh, put Thompson in. All. Thompson was good at the end of last year. Remember, there were some spots, first five spots. I think Charlie's spot on with the first five angle on this team. Yeah. Right, you're going to get good mo plus money. Even if you take like the first five plus a half a run, you'll probably get it like minus 110. And, yeah. and these arms, they're not, they're not that, but those young arms, I would say, are not that bad. I, I wouldn't recommend you betting a Kyle Hendricks or a Drew Smiley Cubs first five. But BJ's spot on. Like there, there's a reason why Dansby, Dansby Swanson has been a, a journeyman here the last couple of years. There's, there's a, a reason, reason Cody Bellinger wasn't re-signed by the Dodgers. Correct. Reason, right. reason Trey why Mancini on the move. There's yeah. a reason. Cosmer. Yeah. Yeah. You you crunch the numbers. These front offices on those respective teams are like, yeah, we're good. But the Cubs, yeah. come on over to Wrigley. 
Get some yeah, masses. They had, they, had the, they had money to blow. That's awesome they did it. <laughs> Truly, like maybe because we're all in such a fog the last couple of years here, the way time has moved so quickly with how the world has been burning. Maybe the Cubs <laughs> look at it like, hey, maybe people will think it's still like 2020 or 2021 in terms yeah. of these names that we're bringing in. Yep. Yeah. It's very red. BJ, you know, to you be fair, it's very fans. Red Sox esque. If you're oh, being, no, it, is. it definitely is. It's I mean, like 2013 Red if Sox. You're sell, if you're going to sell tickets, like, yeah, Cody Bellinger, Dancy Swanson, those are exciting guys yeah. rather than some guy coming up from AAA that people have never heard of. So, big, big, big drop here down the list to the Pirates and the Reds. We'll start with the Pirates. Uh, we might have some props involved with the Reds, uh, I've been hearing um, <laughs> possibly later on. Pirates plus 6,000 at BetMGM to win the division. Win total set at 67 and a half. Their projection last year was 64 and a half, and they fell short of that. 62 wins. Pirates were kind of fun when they beat the Dodgers last year. That's what I remember about the Pirates. Greatest three-day stretch of the Major League. Remember that? That was great. Thanks, Zarello. Thanks you too, BJ. I always mention Zarello, but Zarello's always on the... Zarello's the one who deserves the credit. It's okay. Yeah, Zarello. (laughs) Usually I'm just coming in and and piggybacking off him, so that's okay. That's right. They swept the freaking Dodgers. And yeah, the season. those plus money edges you can get with really bad teams. The Pirates just had the Dodgers number. They're um, going to be it again this year. But in the interest of the theme of this podcast, we're talking a division preview, which means this is a bigger picture outlook. Mm-hmm. Are the Pirates going to be putrid again, Cunningham? PJ I don't think so. Like in terms of what it de- depends what you define putrid like oh. as <laughs> one of like the two or three worst teams in baseball or one of like the fifth, like the fifth worst team in baseball. <laughs> I actually like do like they're over 67 and a half wins. Uh, I think they're going to be, their lineup's actually going to be kind of good. Obviously O'Neill Cruz is, you know, one of the most exciting young players in baseball. K. Brian Hayes is a very, very capable hitter. They brought in, uh, you know, some, some veteran help to help stabilize their lineup. Andrew McCutcheon is coming back for his month long in Pittsburgh. Carlos Santana obviously hasn't been productive, but like these are perfectly average major league baseball players that can give you at least somewhat of production at the plate. And one of the more underrated hitters they have in the lineup is Brian Reynolds. Like he, he dropped off a little bit uh, in 2022, but in 2021, he was a 27 homer, 90 RBI, 162 hits. Like, for one of the worst teams in baseball, 386 X weighted on base average. So they obviously traded for G Man Choi, who's a very solid hitter in the lineup. Connor Joe is productive for Colorado. Like these, this is a this is a halfway decent lineup. And they also have Andy Rodriguez, who is an unbelievable prospect uh catcher coming up uh hopefully midway through the season. He's a top 20 prospect in Major League Baseball. Go look at his numbers of what he's been doing in double and triple play like he's like a 450 or 500 weighted on base average guy it's crazy the numbers that he's putting up starting rotation is a a bit of a question um mitch keller is going to probably be their opening day ace one of my uh i actually played baseball with his brother and i know mitch personally um one of cedar rapids own uh mitch keller but uh he's had you know he had two really bad seasons to begin uh, his major league baseball career but he improved quite a bit last season so he was he went from you know being very very bad to you know, somewhere around average to below average. Um, JT Brubaker is perfectly average to below average. Uh, Rosny Contreras has shown flashes of being an above average starter in Major League Baseball. So 
back end's bad though. I mean, I, just, I can't really say much about it. Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez are, that's, it's going to be bad. I, I don't really know what else to say about that. Um, they do have a top one reliever and Bedner, who's a, who's a good closer. Uh, unfortunately, how these things work is he'll probably get dealt at the deadline. Uh, if the pirates are out of it, which is unfortunate, but we're only asking them to win 68 games, Brendan. We're not asking them to go above 500 or make the playoffs. We're just asking them to win 68 wins. And if you look at the composite projections through all the projection sites, the pirates are about 70 wins. So you're getting a few wins of value here. I like the pirates over, uh, over 60. 67 and a half wins. And if they were hundred to one to win this division, I would take that in an instant, but they're only 60 to one. <laughs> Sean Zarillo said, Charlie, that the pirates actually overachieved, but overachieved by four wins last year. And they fell short of their win total, as I mentioned off the top. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not that interested in backing their over. I mean, it seems like everyone and their mom is on the over, right? Like it's one of the most popular bet uh, overs in baseball. But you know, I, I think BJ's right. Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, Contreras—they're going to be fun arms to back throughout the year. They're more of a first five team for me, like the Cubs. Just with all, a lot of these bad teams, you really want to just find the spot, right spots to get them and back them. Especially, you know, like against the Dodgers last season, we did that. I'm worried about their season long total because like BJ mentioned, Bednar might get traded. Brian Reynolds has been in trade discussions for like the last season. So like there's a chance that he gets moved too. And if Brian Reynolds gets moved and Bednar gets moved, they not only lose their best back end of the bullpen arm, but they lose their best hitter. And then you're relying on a lot of boomer bust players. I mean, O'Neill Cruz is probably going to be great. Brian, Brian Hayes is going to be solid, but this is, this is a bottom feeder team, and I'm more high on the Cincinnati Reds, so I'm not looking to play this over. It's probably right in line with with the projections, maybe a little bit too high. I don't. I don't I'm just not that high on this team. And, and Rich Hill, thank you for joining the Pirates because I'm going to be betting your opponent's first team, first five team total over just about every single start. Wow. Trivia question: How how old is Rich Hill now? Thirty-seven. No, Thirty-seven. 43. Oh no, he's in his 40s. You're right. 43. 43-year-old Rich Hill. Still yeah, talk about talk about knowledge right there. That was off the rip. Yeah, we oh. talk about how great Tom Brady is playing quarterback until 45. How about Rich Hill? Still pitching at age 43. What, what is the <laughs> does Pittsburgh think, hey, let's keep this guy and then maybe we move him at the deadline and get something for him? Is that the whole idea? Yeah, they don't they don't extend people. Like their owner is historically very no, like, what are you gonna get yeah, for Rich Hill anyway? Hey, yeah, you know, you're trying you, to build something some... like like what the what the Rays do, right? Because the Rays don't have a big payroll. They typically rely on, like you said, selling guys at the deadline, getting prospects, building those prospects up until you can get a bunch bunch of value for them. So that's just what happens in Major League Baseball. Like the bigger market teams generally take the best players from these smaller teams. Just just how it is. Maybe you sell them to the Red Sox. The Red Sox are in the pennant because they want to get yeah. back to that 2015 exactly. uh, voodoo. Oh, Brendan, we had Bedner. Woo! No, I'm okay. saying Rich Hill. Or Rich Hill. Bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. Bring him back. He was born in Boston. Um, <laughs> okay. So BJ likes the Pirates win total over. We move on to the Reds. If many of you recall, this team was absolutely awful. They were three and twenty-two through the first <laughs> twenty-five games of the season. Now they turned a bit of a corner um, afterwards. They were not playing three out of every twenty-five baseball. Uh, Charlie Desterco is interested, though, in this team's win total over. 
It's at 65 and a half wins at bet MGM last mm-hmm. year. They only won 62. When you consider three and 25, 62 is not all that bad. They were projected to win 73 and a half. Why do you have interest in the reds, Charlie? Listen, I'm going to put my Cincinnati reds hat on right now. We're going with the reds win total over. Listen, they have three very strong young arms, Lodolo green Ashcraft. Those are, that's a great top three and they have a lot of upside the back end of the rotation might be a little bit of an issue, but we're not like BJ said about the Pirates. We're not asking the Reds to win 70, 80 games. We're just asking them to win, you know, that the 66 mark. Uh, you, you have a great closer in Diaz, brother of Edwin Diaz, a lot of young pieces, Tyler Stevenson, Johnny India, Nick Senzel, a couple vets with Joey Votto, Will Myers they brought in. This is feasible for this team. They're young, they're talented. I don't think that this central division is good. I, I mentioned how my questions are about the Cardinals uh, and their pitching. My concerns about the Brewers and their offense, the Cubs and their offense, and Suzuki's going to miss the start of the season. So maybe the Reds grab a quick three from them. The Pirates, I don't think are going to be that good as well. And I'm not too high on their pitching altogether. I, I think that this is just way too low of a number for the Reds. I think it should be a couple wins higher. Uh, I, I'm going to buy low on them, especially after last season, how bad they were to start. They were decent at the end. I think that they're a decent team, right? We're not asking them to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not telling you to put money down on them to win the NL Central, but I think that this number is too low. And another angle that I'm attacking right here, Hunter Green, Cy Young. I got him at 100 to 1. There's 80s out there right now. Listen, you know, it's not, not a sure thing, not a sure thing, but he's going to take a bulk of the load of innings atop the Reds rotation. He had a slow start when he first came up, but if you look at how he finished, he was dominant. Final five starts of the year, 29 innings, 45 strikeouts, 0.62 ERA. He has the stuff to be a dominant ace in baseball. We knew that when he came out of high school, when he entered the MLB draft, we knew how good he was going to be. Showed up on his control, less walk rate as as the season progressed. His biggest issue is barrel rate with his fastball. But he was in the top 30% of expected batting average. And from a stuff plus perspective, when you're looking at advanced metrics, he's up there with the top arms of the league. Corbin Burns, Spencer Strider. I like Strider also to potentially win the Cy Young if you're going to take multiple stocks in that. But Hunter Green, I mean, this number is just way too far. If you if you compare it to the other numbers in the market, it's down to you know 40, 50 to one. There's 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 80s out there. I got it at 100. Green, if if all things click, maybe he doesn't win it this year, but he's a Cy Young arm. And at 100 to 1 and 80 to 1, whatever it is, is disgraceful for him. Yeah, looking at fan graphs, they're projecting him close to a 200 strike, 200 strikeout season and um, doesn't walk many. When you look at the strikeout to walk ratio. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, strikeout season total, I think, is like 190, 191. I mean, if he stays yep. healthy, he's going to go over that number, assuming that he can pitch six, seven innings to start. I mean, this this guy has some of the best stuff in baseball. BJ, you was high on the Reds as Charlie before <laughs> we wrap up this episode? No, uh, <laughs> I have major question marks about their bullpen. Like, yeah, Diaz is good. He's fine. But you look beyond that. It is a dumpster fire of guys who you're going to be relying on in those middle innings. Lucas Sims, Revere San Martin, Buck Farmer, Daniel Norris. What are we, the Tigers rotation from 2016? Um, Ian Gobalt, Fernando Cruz. Like, these are all sub 200 relievers in Major League Baseball. And their lineup quite frankly, is, let me just read through their lineup. Fraley, India, Vado, Stevenson, Myers, Friedel, 
Spencer Steer, Kevin Newman, Nick Senzel. That does not put the fear of God into you if you are a starting pitcher. So, yeah, they got a couple of fun arms. The offense is going to be near the bottom as, you know, a bottom five, bottom six offense. Their bullpen was, quite frankly, outside of the Rockies, the worst bullpen in Major League Baseball. And they're going to be right there again. So, uh, yeah, Hunter Green is fun. Like, he's obviously got incredible stuff. But, like, that's it with this, you know, Reds team. If you look at composite projection, they're right around 66. So, this is an easy pass. They'll be a fun underdog to bet, but, you know, at like three at plus 300. But uh, other than that, uh, yeah, that, I have no interest in taking anything with their futures preseason. Okay. That's a good way to end it. Good luck <laughs> to you, Charlie. Keep that hat on as long as you'd like. That's going to do it for our NL Central betting preview here on Payoff Pitch Action Network's Major League Baseball betting podcast presented by BetMGM for Charlie Disturco, BJ Cunningham, Brendan Glasheen. You can find all of our other previews over on the Payoff Pitch podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening and hope to talk to you all again real soon. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.